Welcome to Why I Hate Your Podcast. These days, there are a lot of podcasts to choose from. This is another one. I'm Crystal, and each week my brother Sean and I meet up to talk about two podcasts and why we hate them, or don't. Join us and we might help you find your new favorite podcast, or save you from wasting time on a podcast you might hate. So for our first podcast today, we're going to be talking about revisionist history. This is hosted by Malcolm Gladwell, who is a former journalist and has pretty much been a writer for the last several years, as far as I can gather. It's described as his journey through the overlooked and misunderstood in history. doesn't necessarily have to be, I wouldn't necessarily call it a history podcast because it can be anything in the past. It can be an event, a person, an idea, a song. It can be anything he wants to dive into and re-examine. This is a podcast that's produced by Pushkin Industries. It's a little odd because this particular podcast has a partnership with iHeartRadio. They're not produced by iHeartRadio. I did some research on this. They have partnered with iHeart to help sell ad space, essentially. So it's not technically an iHeart podcast, but it is it is a Pushkin Industries podcast, but there is a partnership there with iHeart. So it's a little confusing at first. I had heard of Malcolm Gladwell in the past. I think he was on an episode of Joe Rogan at one point. He... I may have heard him on on other podcasts as well. I think there was reference to him in another Pushkin Industries podcast. I think he helped write for it. This was the first time either of us had ever listened to this podcast. This was a suggestion from a listener. And so we both kind of went in cold. I started with the first episode of season five, which is the most current season, and kind of ended up binging most of the rest of season five. <laughs> so I ha- I kind of crammed quite a bit of this into a week to listen to it. And I have a lot of thoughts. One of the things I thought was interesting, I, I-, I would describe it as kind of being similar to 99% Invisible in that... The stated concept of the show, which is re-examining something from the past, can kind of be broadly applied. So it allows for a lot of diversity in episode topics. It could go from how art museums curate and acquire objects to how democratic elections are conducted and different ways of maybe potentially doing that. So it's sort of all over the board, but I think that's actually a really good thing here. What episodes did you listen to? I think you started listening to it before I did, and you had mentioned that you found that season five, episode one, which was Dragon Psychology 101, about the how art museums collect, essentially they collect art, and it kind of started delving deeper into just the aspects of hoarding in general, so how there's like similarities to hoarding with these art museums, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I started listening to the series on the the guy who invented the bomber. I can't remember the episode name off the top of my head. Unfortunately, I forgot to put it in my notes. But basically, the whole concept is this guy might be responsible for the most deaths in history because, yes. you know, he designed the bomber uh, airplane for, uh, that was uh, used widely in World War II. And I knew his his voice sounded really familiar. The name was not really known to me, but I had heard him from somewhere before and probably from Rogan. I may have watched an episode with Joe, uh, Joe Rogan that he was on. I really enjoyed it, and this is unlike somebody like Dan Carlin, which is a long, drawn-out, dramatic series. These are nice, just little snippets, and I think each episode's, what, no more than an hour long, right? And so you get kind of, like, really good information. The presentation's really good. It's not overly dramatic. It's got good pacing, and uh, and it's things about history that you may not even think of or, you know, nobody really ever talks about, which is always interesting to me. 
And although my first note was, and this kind of goes to what you were mentioning, was iHeart ads, which (laughs) we all know how we feel about iHeart ads. But uh, I I really do think it was interesting. And there's quite a few episodes to go go through. And it's the the only thing is, is that the episode titles don't give you a ton of information. Uh, The show notes are a little bit better at it. But even then, like Dragon Psychology 101, it wasn't really it kind of give you general ideas about the art collecting world. Um, but it, not a lot of details of like what they were going to talk about in that. So, but overall, though, yeah, he's from my understanding, he's written a book. Do you know what that book's about? He's actually written, I think, several books. Several. Okay. Um, I'm aware of his book. I think it's called Blink. I hope I'm not mixing this up. He, I know he wrote a book about first impressions, the power of first impressions, and I think that's the one that's called Blink. But he's actually written several books, and I, I feel like, and this is just a guess, not I have no idea if this is true or not, so don't take it as fact. But I feel like there's a possibility that the idea for this podcast came out of his his research habits when it comes to researching a book because he's sort of in a later episode there's some context around why I think this but I think he's sort of slightly ADD in terms of how he approaches (laughs) research he gets very distracted I think that's what's so beautiful about this podcast because he does such a good job of kind of leading you down a path starting with one topic and connecting it to other topics that initially would seem completely unrelated and then mm-hmm. kind of circling back to the original topic. And in my show notes, I, I I said this is kind of like having a guide who is curating a Wikipedia rabbit hole for you so that it actually does end up back where it started but and everything is connected. In the episode we're talking about, it starts out with the Metropolitan Art Museum's finances which is connected to how art museums acquire objects. And then he has this whole comparison of that to hoarding and smog and then examining the psychology of hoarders. And all of that is in one episode. And I think it was less than an hour. And it sounds like that would be dizzying, but it's just, it all flowed very naturally. And there was so much information in this one episode, but it didn't feel like you were being sort of hammered with a bunch of information. And this is maybe my favorite part of the entire 947-page transcript. Dylan says, quote, We have a new curator of Islamic art, been with us for a couple years now. We have certainly the greatest collection of Islamic rugs in the Western Hemisphere, one of the two or three in the world. He has never been able to even see that collection because so much of it is in storage and is so difficult to get out, so costly and time-consuming, that he knows by the records what they are, but he hasn't been able to look at them. All it says is, see note A. Okay, note A. Ah, here it is. Note A in the appendix. It says, in conformity with accounting policies generally followed by art museums, the value of the museum's collections has been excluded from the statement of financial position. Excluded. This is a multi-billion dollar organization with yes. billions and billions <laughs> of dollars in art, and it's none of it is listed on their in their financial statement. This seems I don't even, I was I don't even understand how that started. Well, that was your reaction is similar to the reaction that some of our board members had. It's like smog. Smog, the dragon from the Hobbit, who sits on a mountain of treasure. Smog doesn't want to use his gold. He doesn't wear it out to dragon social events. He does not list his holdings on his annual dragon financial statement. He just wants to hoard it. And I'm like, oh my God, smog. Yes, 
That explains everything. It was an old dragon and a grey stone. His red eyes blinked as he lay alone. His joy was dead and his youth spent. He was knobbed and wrinkled and his limbs bent in the long years to his gold chain. In his heart's furnace the fire waned. This is J.R.R. Tolkien reading his poem, The Horde. To his belly slime gems stuck thick. Silver and gold he would snuff and lick. To his belly's slime gems stuck thick. That's what happens when a dragon sits on his treasure for too long. And one of the nice things, too, it's it's a lot of mixed uh, media within the podcast, right? So it sounds like uh, he's got interviews that he's done himself with people that he'll play on the podcast. And then he will also play clips from interviews other people may have done in the past, uh, especially if those people aren't around anymore. And so it's not just him just talking through the whole way. There's a lot of other media included with that to kind of, it kind of breaks up the monotony in a way, which unlike, you know, like hardcore history, which is Dan Carlin being very dramatic. There was a lot of breaks as, you know, he had his interviews that come in and then the conversations he has with those people and then old recordings and various other things kind of mixed in together and it's all done really well like it's definitely the production is really 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 well and of course the the writing of the actual episode feels really well too it's like the the clips that he plays just kind of naturally flow into the, the subject they're talking about it's not like a quick jump or anything like that and so I think it's very well written. It's very well paced. Uh, he's really good at the whole storytelling aspect of this. He's he's super engaged because you could tell listening to him that he actually finds the stuff super interesting. I had that as a note, actually, that he his delivery kind of it belies how, how interested he is in it and how excited he is about it. And sometimes he'll even say, like, isn't that amazing? It blew my mind. It's, it's very conversational in his portions and it feels like he's just telling you it's it's sort of like he's telling the story of how he found out this information mm-hmm. and you can hear his excitement he, d- he there's an episode where he connects the 9-11 memorial and the construction of it and the challenges of that project with a homeless census project in jacksonville florida and the two of those one being a memorial to the dead and one being a memorial to the living essentially and at first it sounds like these two kind of disparate topics but over the course of the the podcast episode you understand why he's connecting those two I mean, it includes cutting to interviews with some of the people from the port authority who were resp- ultimately responsible for the construction of the 9-11 memorial as well as interviews with the people in jacksonville who work for this organization that are kind of taking the census of the homeless each year and it was really this incredibly interesting episode but it's funny because he even at the beginning says i'm going to tell you how these two things are connected and through the process, you sort of are following how he found these two to be connected, sort of his thought process. So I think he's sort of crucial to the story of each episode and kind of how his brain works. I feel like you're getting like a little glimpse into how his brain works. In fact, he did an episode on all the people he's hired over the years, and he's apparently got this notoriously bad memory. He says, I... I had to interview the people I hired because I don't remember how our interviews went. And it sounds like he's pretty much a bit of a scatterbrain in interviews and sort of goes with his gut. So like within five minutes, he makes his decision and that's it. So he's an interesting character and there's something about his personality that gets infused into this podcast. So it has this high production value, like something like a 99% Invisible or one of these big, huge public radio projects turned podcast. But it also feels kind of personal to him and what he's interested in. It's like an excuse for him to just go research stuff he wants to research. And that's one of the things I like. Whenever the person has like 
Because sometimes I feel like some podcasts are more of like a performance. And it may be a subject that they're truly interested in, that they're passionate about, but there's almost like a performance level to the podcast. Uh, And I I keep coming back to like Hardcore History, which is more like an audio book, right? So you're just kind of... I mean, and obviously it's Malcolm's reading from a script, but like Dan Carlin with Hardcore History, you know, he's definitely reading from a script that he's written and it's more about performing that script as opposed to just being like, I got to get this information to you, just check this out. And it almost kind of reminds me of uh, Dustin Sandlin, you know, from Smarter Every Day, where you could tell he's just genuinely excited. And he just can't wait to tell people about it. And so that just kind of comes through. And I could see that to, with Malcolm. I mean, he's a little bit more professionally prose, but you could still tell, like you're saying, he's super excited about this stuff. He's super interested in it. And he's like excited to tell everyone about it. And so... It's even though he is scripted, it feels like he's excited to tell you this and not so much like, okay, here's my script. I'm going to do a performance for my audience. There's a level of kind of honest exuberance that just you can hear in his voice and in his mannerisms. And it gives it, even if it is scripted, it gives it a very off the cuff conversational feel. And it is very much a, it's a minor difference, but there is a difference between a scripted, I'm talking to the audience but it's a scripted story that I'm telling the audience versus a, hey, audience, I want to share this with you. It, it feels much more like he's talking directly to you and really trying to convince you that this is cool and fascinating. It feels kind of like somebody you've just met who's really passionate about something, like at a party, and they, and they stop to talk to you about it, and they just have to vomit up everything they know about it because they're like, this is so cool, I have to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, and again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's like, it's that situation as opposed to somebody just sitting there reading a book to you. It's like, hey, here's a great book I found. Let me read the book to you. Mm-hmm. As opposed to somebody who's just like, hey, this is cool, you know. And like I said, they just kind of vomited all over you. Although, again, it's not it's it's not scattered that someone like that may be. It's very well-paced, well-put together. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's a reason why it may feel like he starts detracting from one topic, but there's a point to that. Yes. And like I said, it always circled back to the end because there was times uh, listening to some of the episodes, I was like, okay, I don't know where he's going with this. Kind of like what you said with the census of homeless mm-hmm. in Jacksonville to the 9-11 memorial. Like, okay, how do those two connect? Mm-hmm. And everything just circles back. And so everything he does is with importance and with meaning in the podcast. But it's very succinct, too. Like I said, most episodes are an hour-ish. And it's amazing how much information he can get into just a one-hour podcast. At the first episode of season five, the one about the, the psychology of a dragon or whatever the name of the episode was, or Dragon Psychology 101, that's a great example of that. Because it felt like at one point I was like, is he have we because now we're talking about the holocaust like how did we get from you know, i feel like i had gone down a, a wikipedia rabbit hole and like how did i get here but he does kind of tie all the loose ends up and bring it back to make a perfectly neat package at the end that's i think that episode is probably the most extreme version of that just because there's so much that he covers and it is all connected and it feels like it would be so easy to get lost in any one of the the kind of side stories that all kind of wrap into it but he does it and he does it very gracefully i was very impressed with that yeah and the one of the things i, I thought he was going to start talking about in the uh, is, again talking about the art collecting world because they were talking about how pieces of art that's in a museum sometimes they don't have a value attached to them because he starts talking about like the how the accounting is done and stuff like that and he kind of briefly touches on that and uh, I was like, ooh, this is going to be really interesting because we're going to be talking about how kind of in the art collecting world, there's kind of a tax scam, I guess you could say, where, you know, people will buy art and they have it valued by somebody that they know who will value it really high with an inflated value and then they donate it. So that way it gets them a big tax, tax write off. 
right? They bought a painting for a thousand dollars, they get it valued at twenty five million, and then they donate it, and uh, there's this huge tax write off for him. But he didn't really tie into that because, again, you don't really know exactly where he's going to go with it, and it's always kind of a satisfying conclusion once you kind of realize where everything's circling is back uh, back to. And I found the whole thing with Andy Warhol especially interesting because it because it, it, it talks about how art collectors like to hoard art. And it's almost like the institution likes to hoard art. Mm-hmm. But then you have a Andy Warhol museum that hoards stuff from Andy Warhol, who himself was a hoarder. Yes. So it's this very meta analysis of that situation. Of course, Andy Warhol was an artist, and so he had that hoarding tendency as well. So it, like I said, everything in the podcast really talks about that there's some meaning behind it. And what's funny is the the thread that you just talked about, which is exploring the the finances of these museums and also how all of the different intricacies that go into that. Because again, there's he highlighted a few of the areas where it's a little questionable because they basically say, we don't know what anything's worth. And so from an accounting perspective, they can't really value their collection in any significant way, which causes issues, you know, downstream. He could have chased that rabbit hole down to exactly the stuff that you were talking about. But he chose a rabbit hole that takes him down to a whole other the whole psychology of hoarding as well as you know the history of the the paintings that were uh, seized during World War II and or sold to try to escape Germany and I feel like as somebody who I'm assuming because he's a writer it must be incredibly frustrating to not chase all of those rabbit holes Mm -hmm. and he having to pick the path that he's going to take the listener on Um, I mean I think I think you could almost come up with just a book off of that one episode (laughs) there was so much there and I have to admire the restraint a, to not turn this into like a six episode series on just this topic, and B, somehow still managing to tell a coherent story that, that kind of ties up all the loose ends. On that note, he does in season five, He you listen to the first episode of it, I think, which is the, the inventor of the bomber, but that's actually part of a four part series ish the three episodes after that are connected to it specifically talking about firebombing the invention of napalm how that occurred as part of world war ii into world uh, into uh, the vietnam war etc so there's there's a whole lot there but that that specific event you know in japan with the firebombing of all the cities in japan it, it was an amazing series and they they all do tie together but you could listen to one independently and it's super fascinating so it's not I don't think he, con- I don't know for sure because I haven't listened to his back catalog yet, but I think he might have some times where he ties episodes together that all have, are kind of related to a topic, um, each one kind of diving into a certain aspect of it. But for the most part, they're standalone and independent. So you can just sort of grab an episode and go and start listening, which is kind of nice because I do, I do want to go into his back catalog and listen to as much of it as I can. With our podcast, we have to listen to a lot of podcast episodes, so it's going to be a bit more challenging. But I've definitely, and I'm kind of jumping ahead to verdict here, but I definitely don't hate it and uh, have subscribed to it now. <laughs> and I will be listening to more episodes episodes for sure yeah and i think one of the interesting things is that unlike somebody like you know hardcore history which it it, it's you have to have some kind of dedication with that right i feel bad kind of comparing the two simply because yes they're both about history but the format of the two are completely different um Mm -hmm. but we haven't done too many historical podcasts on this so that's why i'm drawing the comparison but that's one of the great things i did like about it is the fact that you can just kind of jump in and choose any one and it's not like okay this topic interests me so I have to dedicate 18 hours to listening to it, right? That's that started Dan Carlin, whereas this, you know, at most you may have two or three episodes within a series that are somewhat related, and uh, you have to listen to that, and that's at most three hours, right? So the the dedication f- for listening to this is not as 
as hard. Um, so I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about it. And and as far as rating goes, I, I definitely don't hate it. And I definitely want to finish the uh, the Bomber series because that was super interesting. Um, and I, do, I definitely want to go through and look at some of the other episodes and catch it. I probably won't listen to everything he has just simply for time reasons, but I probably will go through and look for various other uh, topics he does cover that that interest me. Yeah, and I can highly recommend the the one I was telling you about with the 9-11 Memorial and the Homeless Census Project in Jacksonville, Florida, because there were some really great side stories or anec- not anecdotes, but but elements of how they constructed the 9-11 Memorial and why it was a huge challenge and some of the thought that went into how they placed the names, like all these things that I had never, I didn't know anything about that revealed some really interesting kind of logistical challenges as well as you know emotional challenges in, in terms of how they did it. it it was super fascinating so i will recommend if you're gonna try to squeeze some of his in that's that's one that i would again i love the the first episode of season five but that 9-11 memorial one is excellent excellent as well so i don't think you can go wrong i think if you just pick an episode you can't really go wrong our second podcast today is a podcast from Destin Sandlin and Matt Whitman called No Dumb Questions. Destin Sandlin is an educational YouTuber. He has the pretty famous YouTube channel called Smarter Every Day. Uh, Matt Whitman is also a YouTuber. They're also very close friends. And Matt Whitman's YouTube channel, I think, is called the 10-Minute Bible Hour. Destin is from Alabama. He's kind of a big NASA nerd. Um, he is an engineering science type of educational YouTuber. I think he's had several YouTube videos that have gone like super viral, similar in the vein to, um, Mark Rober. And he sort of operates in the circle of quite a few of those educational YouTubers like Brady Heron, Mark Rober. Um, he's done some collaborative projects with them on YouTube as well. And so he and Matt decided to launch this podcast. It is an independent podcast. It's completely independently produced by those two and Patreon supported and ad supported. They are not part of a network. The official description is a science guy from the South and a humanities guy from the Wild West discuss deep questions with varying levels of maturity. And so it's a really broad, there's not really a a theme that runs through all of the episodes. Uh, They can get together and talk about really kind of frivolous stuff, or they can have an episode where they're talking about something in history or something that is kind of going on between the two of them and their families. Could be something that's just funny and interesting. Uh, I think they did an episode on Amelia Earhart one time. So it's, it's kind of all over the place. And I think they've intentionally not narrowed it down or tied it down to a specific thread or topic or range of topics. They sort of left it open for the two of them to just get together and talk about it with the third chair, which is what they call the listener. Um, and so I've been listening to No Dumb Questions on and off. I, I haven't listened to every episode, but for a, a, a little while now, at least maybe a year or two, uh, because I'm a fan of Dustin's YouTube channel and I found out that he had a podcast. So of course I wanted to check it out. I think I didn't give you any specific episodes to go back and listen to. So what did you decide to start with for the purposes of the review? And one of the things I noticed when I looked at their episode list was episode 77 called New Listeners Start Here. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, I'm a new listener. So let me start there. And the it it's opens up with uh, them explaining like, hey, we understand there there's a bunch of these culture that kind of springs up and builds this community around a podcast that can get insular and it's unfair for us to assume that everyone's going to listen to previous episodes because everyone in the community is going to be talking about things that happened already 
we're going to be talking about things that have happened already. And it's kind of hard sometimes to get those jokes, right? So they understand that as become popular and these communities form up around them, it kind of creates a higher barrier to entry, which was one of my complaints about on May podcast. But this episode's like, okay, here's kind of like all of our, the source of our in jokes. Uh, you know, basically this is like their greatest hits up to that point. And it was fantastic. I absolutely loved that. Uh, I wish Unmade would do something like that, which surprisingly, there's a lot of parallels between this podcast and Unmade um, mm-hmm. because, you know, one guy is a former minister and Unmade podcast, the guy is a, is a preacher. One does science videos and, and Unmade, Brady does a lot of science videos um, and they're also <laughs> really good friends. So there's a lot of similarities between those two podcasts, uh, even though the, the ultimate subject may be a little different. But I loved that they actually went back and kind of recognized that, okay, it's going to be hard to get new listeners, so we need to create this episode. So it was one of their longer episodes, too, but I did listen to that one starting off. And I also listened to their latest episode, The Rescuing, the Kobayashi Maru, because I love the whole mythos around that. But <laughs> but yeah, it was a huge help. I wish every podcast would do that. So I'm going to give them huge props for that. Everyone needs to pay attention and do that as well. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. And it's kind of funny because I know that Dustin and Brady are, you know, they know each other, they're friends, you know, they've become friends through the the mutual interactions they've had related to science educational YouTubing. And so for I think one episode of No Don't Questions, they actually just called Brady because they were talking about I don't remember, something to do with sports. It might have specifically been cricket because Brady's a big cricket fan. And so they just called him and said, hey, would you mind coming on and trying to explain cricket to us? And so he did. So there are a lot of similarities. And I kind of wonder if maybe, and I don't know this is true again, but it, it would be, it wouldn't surprise me if Brady got the idea to create a podcast with Tim for the Unmade podcast based on... Destin and his friend Matt having a, a mutual podcast. So, uh, because you're right, there's a lot of similarities here. There's not, they don't have a theme or a specific goal with each podcast the way the Unmade podcast does, but the dynamic between the two of them is very similar, I think, to Brady and Tim in that they have a natural chemistry because they're friends. There's a lot of laughing that happens. They tell a lot of really fun stories from their past. So I had never listened to the new listeners start here episode because I had been listening for a while before that. So I was like, oh, I don't need to listen to that. But because you were listening to it, I was like, I should go back and see what they actually covered, what they considered kind of their greatest hits. And the story he tells about he's he's driving, I think he was driving because his uncle was sick or something. He was in a hurry and he needed to, you know, relieve himself and he decided to use a bottle like a, a, a three quarter empty bottle of Mountain Dew or something. That story, I did listen to that episode, and I just remember being in tears. I was laughing so hard, and they played that clip in that episode. I was like, okay, I'm glad to see that they also thought that was one of their greatest hits, because it was hilarious. And what's so funny is Destin loves that story because there's a scientific reason that what happened happened. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who may go and listen to it. It is worth it. Even if you're not interested in listening to this particular podcast, I recommend going and listening to that that best of, that what episode 77, new listeners start here. Yeah, I highly recommend it because it does have some of their funniest stories in there. Right. And it kind of gives a lot of background too, like the whole wing to SARS thing, which that was just absolutely hilarious. (laughs) And that kind of goes into their whole Patreon thing, right? So, you know, they're Patreon funded and it seems like they really dearly care about their patrons. And I'm assuming, and they do have sponsored videos, but it seems like it's all self-read ads. And kind of, again, like Unmade Podcast, they their ad is them kind of playing around with the product. 
right? It's not like a scripted yes. ad read. They're like, let's mess around with it. And sometimes they do the scripted part, but it's very obvious as scripted. And they're like, okay, let's do the scripted part real quick. And then, okay, let's play with this item. And so I really enjoyed, and again, kind of like a made podcast, I actually liked listening to the ads because it wasn't like a car commercial. And it was the same thing with mm-hmm. No Dumb Questions. It's not like a car commercial, a Geico ad or whatever that's being placed in the middle of your podcast. And so that was one of the things I really enjoyed about it. Uh, and and again, they're, they're very big about the community. They mentioned their Reddit community quite a bit. Uh, so it seems like they're probably fairly active on Reddit, which I think is good. That, that kind of fosters this whole community which you know everyone wants to be part of a community and it's it's great that they they're very big and supportive of it because there are communities that can form up around podcasts but the people who run the podcast may never interact with it and for my obligatory joe rogan uh mention there's there's a big communities that pop up around joe rogan podcast but joe joe's never going to interact with them right but mm-hmm. it seems like at least destin which you know he's more familiar with how to reddit as opposed to joe who probably has no idea how reddit works you know goes on reddit and actually you know views the subreddit and interacts with people there so um that that's one of the things that was i felt was really good it kind of made it a lot more personable even though i'm not a patron you know i don't subscribe to their subreddits but it definitely did make it a lot more personable yeah and a lot like unmade so I, i mentioned this i think when we reviewed that podcast that brady he likes to come up with ways to reward the patrons that are unexpected aside from just the perks that you get at the different levels he does special like he had a run of uh sofa shop pins made like little ceramic sofa shop pins that he had sent out to all the patrons and then they you know and then they did the whole spoon thing that i was telling you about but with no dumb questions destin's done something very similar where he and matt had little winged hussars pins made and sent to all the patrons and i remember I, when i was listening to the episode where they were talking about it it was several episodes they kept saying okay there's going to be a cutoff for this because we can only you know we have to produce x number if you want to participate or you want to receive this pin and so all of the patrons who were sponsors at x point got a wing to SARS pen because they referenced their patrons. They decided to label their patron subscribers the wing to SARS in reference to the um, Polish cavalry that kind of saved the day at the Battle of Vienna. So, which that episode was hilarious when they came up with that. But yeah, so I think they clearly value their patrons. They mention it. It's one of those things where when they mention their patron, Patreon, they don't, it doesn't feel like they're pushing really hard for it. They just mention them and they're really grateful for them. And they come up with these kind of interesting perks and things. And, and, and I always like it when a, a podcast does, or any kind of patron-subscribed producer or artist or whatever, when, when they really go out of their way to interact with their patrons and provide them with extra stuff. And several of the podcasts we reviewed, like 372 Pages, same sort of thing. They, you know, they have a lot of interaction with their patrons. And so, and you're right, Destin does interact on the on the Reddit quite a bit. Um, sometimes they'll actually solicit like, hey, go to the Reddit and tell us what you think about X or give us your feedback on this or answer this poll or whatever. So there is quite a lot of interaction. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that these are two very kind of internet savvy individuals because they both have had YouTube, highly successful YouTube channels for many years. So they've learned how to interact with people on the internet. They they know how to engage people and how important it is to engage with their fans. I mean, you, know, you mentioned Joe Rogan, his 
his perspective is don't engage with people on the internet because they're all awful, which is kind of true because he's <laughs> he's so huge that like his YouTube comments are a cesspool and his Reddit is mostly people hating on him or complaining or whatever. So I don't blame him for not interacting with all of that. But he also doesn't come from that world. Whereas Destin and Matt, they become internet famous on YouTube. And so they've seen the worst. <laughs> they know how to interact and how to disregard the the negatives and and but also make it a positive experience for fans. So I think that reflects quite a lot in how they conduct themselves in terms of engaging with both their fans on Reddit and on their patron. The thing about the the two hosts, you know, Dustin and Matt, is their personalities, right? So Dustin, you almost kind of get to see a different side of him than you do on Smarter Every Day. He seems a little bit more goofier. Yes. Or, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's laid back anyways, but I don't know. It, it's hard to describe. He's a lot more goofier, just, you know, more chill. Whereas Matt's a little bit more of a serious guy. Whenever something ridiculous happens, he's like, I don't know why we're doing this. Uh, whereas Destin is like all excited that they're doing something completely pointless. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's Destin in general. He's a guy where his excitement for something can be infectious. Yes. Um, and like even watching his videos and listening to his podcast, he is just so excited and he's so like happy to be able to share this information. He's just so happy when he's learning new things and... He's just absolutely fascinated by everything. And his YouTube channel, you know, it's almost, you almost get the impression like he's, he wakes up every day completely flabbergasted that he's able to do what he does for a living. <laughs> and he's just so excited by that. And so he's he's just a really fun person to listen to. And it, like I said, I, I've been watching his YouTube channel for a long, for a long time. And I never really got to see the side of him that you do in the podcast, but it, it's does, it's not a surprising side, but it is a nice side to listen to. And he's just, a, he seems like a fun guy. Like I, I would definitely want to, he's a guy you definitely would want to sit down and talk to about nuclear submarines or something, you know, because <laughs> he'll just be like so excited to tell you all that he knows about it. Yeah, he, it's, it's like that. I think if you want an example of how excited he gets about stuff and about sharing it with people is there's an episode of his YouTube series smarter every day which we jokingly call smarter every month because he does not load upload every day there's an episode about laminar flow he is more excited yes. about laminar flow than i think anyone on the planet earth has ever been excited about laminar flow i watched that and honestly if you just said hey i want you to watch this video about laminar flow and how it works i i would have just thought snooze fest right i mean and i like science stuff but what that video he makes it so exciting and so fascinating because his exuberance level is is at like a 10 in that episode. He is freaking out <laughs> about how cool it is. And so, and it's not fake. Like, it's not a put on. You very much get the sense that that is Destin. Like, he is just gets so geeked out and excited about cool things he learns. You know, and, and his series, you referenced it, but his series on the, the nuclear submarines where he got to go on board one, it's been really, really great as well. But... Yeah, he's he's somebody that and I and you're right. His his YouTube channel, he is very exuberant. He's conversational with whoever he's interviewing or when he's explaining how something works. He's very much an educator, but the podcast is more him kind of just sitting there talking to a friend. So you're right. There is a goofy side to him that comes out. Like the story he was telling about his son trying to sell crabs when they were no. <laughs> like the level of la like he couldn't get the story out because he was laughing so hard about it. 
it's 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 an interesting insight into his personality, his sense of humor. And you're right, him and Matt, they're very different, but you can see why they're such good friends. They, they, yeah. they very much, their personalities complement each other. And one thing I would say that, you know, this podcast is very wholesome, right? Yes. And, and kind of the same way the Unmade podcast is very wholesome. You know, there's not going to be any cursing. They're not going to be talking. To, the, the most salacious thing they'll be talking about is the exploding bottle of pee in his truck. So, <laughs> you know, that's at most what you're, that's probably the most disgusting thing that they'll talk about. It's a funny, wholesome well yeah i guess it is educational Mm -hmm. uh podcast but i don't think the main goal is for education you're just going to learn because destin's going to talk about something he's excited to know about it's it's it is a in my opinion i find it to be a nice supplement to his youtube channel like i think you can enjoy smarter or uh, smarter every day by itself which i had you could probably join no dumb questions by itself but i think you actually get a much more appreciation of it if you kind of enjoy both his youtube channel and No Dumb Questions, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because I don't know anything about Matt other than No Dumb Questions, so I may have to go back and check his, his YouTube channel out uh, just to see kind of how he is there. But I do think that having exposure to both kind of gives you more appreciation for both. And I should mention, because I don't want people to make an assumption about uh, Matt's YouTube channel, it's called the 10-Minute Bible Hour, but he calls it the Bible without the sermon. So it, consider it more of a educational where he's contextualizing what's in the bible in the scope of history right so it's not it's not a i'm going to preach to you out of the bible like a minister would it's more of i'm going to educate you about this part of the bible and where it fits in history and what the greater context was from what i understand i haven't listened to much i haven't watched much of his videos again i don't spend a whole lot of time on youtube i have like a specific set of I can't hardly even keep up with the ones that I do do watch like Smart Every Day. But but yeah, I agree. I think I think it's a really great compliment because you see a different side of Destin and Matt versus what you see on their YouTube channels. And I wouldn't say a different side. I would just say you would see more of them, you know, more of who they are outside of being a host of a YouTube channel. I think in Destin's case, you do get a real good sense for their personality. Like Destin will, he loves, loves when they do a skit. And they'll do a skit every now and then. Matt Matt always seems resistant <laughs> yes. to them. Matt's going along with it like, Ugh, fine, let's do this. And Destin is all in. He thinks it's hilarious. He can't stop laughing. They did a skit where just recently they, they decided that to kind of help expand the scope of the podcast in terms of topics, they would interview some folks who would be sort of ambassadors and who would come on occasionally. They would give them a topic and be like, uh, marshmallows, go learn everything you want. You can know about marshmallows and come back and tell us about it. So they basically did these interviews, quote unquote, like job interviews. And it's people they already know, right? Either other YouTubers or people they've worked with before. But they did this whole skit where they were interviewing these individuals and Destin could not keep it together. He kept snickering and laughing, you know, because he just was having so much fun with it. Whereas Matt was just sort of deadpan and, and playing it straight. And it makes those things really, really funny. They Every time they, they decide they're going to do a skit complete with like sound effects and everything, I know you're in for a really fun episode because it's usually pretty hilarious. Right, right. And then there's skit on the uh, No Dumb Questions Tavern, which they take because apparently there's two subreddits, right? There's yes. a No Dumb <laughs> Questions subreddit, which is people can come in and ask dumb questions right yes. uh and then they have one that's kind of surrounded by the show and so they'll take ra- random things from the no dumb questions subreddit where people are asking dumb questions 
and it's acting as if a guy bursts into a tavern like i need to know this information <laughs> and it's they're usually it's it's the most dumbest questions ever but it's just hilarious how they're playing it off because again these skits are they're not meant to be like a serious skit or whatever it's it's super cheese ball but that's the whole point of it well we have a subreddit called no dumb questions and so people would just stagger in and they would just say their questions. Yeah, some of which were ridiculous. So I, I don't know how it happened exactly, but we decided to pretend that uh, the you know these moments are like a wayfaring stranger walking into a bar and just asking ridiculous questions. And I think in the moment I came up with the name The Twisted Knuckle. That was you, yes. Okay, and then from there we just pretended like we were the barkeep and we ran a couple of episodes. We'll do more in the future, maybe where we just answer these questions that may or may not sound dumb. So here's a few um, wayfaring strangers wandering into the Twisted Knuckle. Hey, hey, uh, uh, my name is... Well, now, 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 slow down there, partner. Welcome to the Twisted Knuckle, where the disappointment is always half off, and the advice to wayfaring strangers is always free. I've got a question. My name is Zeranon... That's Z-A-R-U-N-O-H-N. And I just need an answer. Of course it is. Um, mm-hmm. Just hear me out. Ready? Mm-hmm. My question is about a jar fart. So if I farted in a jar and kept it airtight, away from UV light, etc., would it still smell like a fart after a couple of years? Why? Just Why? <laughs> That's what I love about being a bartender at the Twisted Knuckle. You never know what's going to walk through that door. Hey! Hey! Speaking of which... Hey, my name is Elro. E-L-R-O-E. Elro. Got a question. Elro. All right, so in the, the, the hit single by... Well, it's not a single. It's a great album by Charlie Daniels. It's called The Devil Went Down to Georgia. The Devil Offers Johnny a Golden Fiddle in Exchange for His Soul. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. How much does Johnny make from this transaction should he sell the golden fiddle? <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad that question prompted you to enter this fine establishment. <laughs> and a lot of times whenever podcasts have stuff like this, like skits, stuff like that, I'm like, oh, God, really? Just, just talk. That's what you guys are best at. But these are actually really funny because it's just... It's so ridiculous. Like the winged hussar, <laughs> where they put in the patrons' names yes. while they're trying to sing it, is that was that had me rolling. Yeah, especially when he tried to squeeze in somebody's name who donated a dollar whose credit card was declined. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's there's been several times where I've been in tears laughing, and and that skit that skit you're talking about with the when they do the no dumb questions tavern is is gold because it, it it just it's hilarious to imagine a forum on the internet where people can just ask anything and then framing that as somebody walking to a bar and asking that question and it's just it's a really funny idea and so I don't know where they get their inspiration for a lot of the stuff they do on the podcast but it is I would say ninety percent of it is gold yeah yeah it, and to be honest like. My level to get me to like audibly laugh yes. is really high. Like I could watch something and like be like, that's really funny, but I'll never crack a smile, right? Right. 
But this is like one of the few times where I've actually is laugh out loud funny, mm-hmm. just simply because of just how ridiculous they are <laughs> and and how they know how ridiculous they are as well. They're they're quite aware of it. But uh, and, and what's unfortunate is that he only they, it looks like they only upload maybe about twice a month. So it's not a weekly podcast, but it's not a monthly podcast. So I guess it's like whenever they do it. But still, the, you're going to get on average, it looks like two episodes a month, maybe three. Yeah. Um, it's just, I wish <laughs> I wish it was weekly, though. What's great about that, though, on the flip side, is if you do have a lot of podcasts that you subscribe to, I've come to this point. I've reached a saturation point with my podcast that I have to be really choosy about the ones that I'm going to religiously listen to. And so it's really nice to have one that is easy to keep in, not only because I love it, but because it's not two or three times a week or daily or once a week where I can fall behind really easily. This is one where it's infrequent enough that... I can always be sure to squeeze it into my podcast listening, even while we're also adding on additional ones we're doing for the reviews. It's it's just a no brainer because every episode is going to be entertaining. And I would say there there is a lot of in jokes. There is a lot of things that they will reference um, reference back to. But again, putting together that episode where, hey, start here is a great thing to do because you can listen to that one episode and then you can just dive in wherever. You can go to the back catalog. You can listen to the most recent episode. And you're going to be fine. And and they do, I think we should touch on this because you mentioned the most recent episode, they do often bring in guests. So people that they either know through YouTube, like Brady, or people that they have worked with, I think mostly on Destin's side is people that he's encountered because he lives in Alabama. He lives in um, Huntsville. So he's, you know, very close to where a lot of the cameras and NASA rocket developments, I can't remember the name of it, but it's one of NASA's kind of big location, Huntsville is. It's where they do a lot of training and a lot of the rocket building. So he's big into the NASA stuff and just space in general. And so he's got a lot of connections with people at JPL, at NASA, SpaceX, things like that, because he's interacted with so many of them for whether for his videos or just research for something he's doing in a video. At the time of recording, I, th- I think it's still the latest episode, the rescuing the Kobayashi Maru, they had the guy, the infamous crazy colored hair guy from the Mars rover who had like 15 minutes of internet fame after they they landed the Curiosity rover. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have him on there as a NASA engineer. They had him on there because he's a Star Trek nerd. Yes. Yes. He was... He is their expert for Star Trek, if you will. And this is one little point of nitpicking. He couldn't remember if the Kobayashi Maru was the name of the civilian vessel. I'm like, (laughs) if you're a Star... I'm not even a big Star Trek nerd, but even I, like... Yes, that's the whole point. The Kobayashi Maru is the civilian vessel. <laughs> How do you not know this? But to be fair, though, he did know a lot. And I, I have a feeling he probably didn't want to get it wrong. So he kind of hedged there. And if you're being asked live as you're discussing it, he might have been like, oh, crap, I can't remember for sure. But he did seem to have a lot of knowledge about it. So uh, he may not be the biggest Star Trek nerd in the world, but he definitely at least love Star Trek. I mean, he is, and as they point out, he is technically in Star Trek canon as a character in, in some comic yes, book or something. True. So <laughs> he got written in because, you know, he's he is a Star Trek nerd and also became kind of famous among nerds who are into space stuff with the whole JPL yeah. Curiosity mission. So, Well, and to kind of go back to the whole wholesome comment, so far, I mean, like, again, I, my, my views on the, or my experience on the back catalog isn't substantial, but it seems like I, I would be very surprised if there's not any politics. I think at most you're going to hear about is the space communism they talk about or the Star Trek communism they talk about, <laughs> um, which is probably as political as it'll get knowing Destin because he he's like anybody who's familiar with his YouTube channel, he's extremely apolitical. But one other final point, nit, nitpicking point, Matt is terrible at pronunciation 
of Tolkien words. Yes. <laughs> I wondered if you would say something about that because... Oh, it was driving me crazy. I knew it would. I knew it would. Because <laughs> you're such a Tolkien nerd. Minus Tirith. Um, no. <laughs> it wasn't just that. It was... Uh, he mispronounced Minas Tirith and he mispronounced... Oh, it was something else. It was. Oh, like there, really there was obvious. a couple others. I couldn't remember off the top of my head, but I was like, how could you get them all wrong? <laughs> yeah, he got every single one wrong, <laughs> which I think probably it probably boils down to he's probably a fan of the books. He may not have watched the movies and have not heard it pronounced because he clearly knows which, a lot about it because of yeah, how he's referencing Destin had said he had not read Return of the King. Yeah. Which I was like, what? You're you're Mr. Audible. Like, you just <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, he keeps he stays pretty busy though with all the stuff that he's consuming on the regular. Yeah. So I think I think he's much like us having struggling to keep up with podcasts because we have to listen to so many. <laughs> yes, this is true, very true. But yeah. yes, Matt, please l- at least watch the movies a bit and just take note of how they say things because it's for the most part accurate. <laughs> just Google it. Just Google the pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I think you're one of the, well, I wouldn't say the few people who would be offended by that, but uh, there's definitely, you represent a cadre of people on the internet who would be offended by that. Well, I mean, if you mispronounce Einda Lindala, I would get that, but, you know, minus Tirith, <laughs> ugh, just saying that makes me feel gross. <laughs> so, from a verdict perspective, I think it's pretty obvious at this point, um, as it usually is, but I don't hate it. I actually love it. I've been subscribed for quite a while. I, I highly recommend it. If you want something that's refreshing that's wholesome, that's hilarious, and that's somewhat educational. Uh, can't I'll say not somewhat. It can be educational uh, on certain occasions. I definitely recommend this. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to get a smile on your face. And you're probably going to learn something too, which is nice. So, uh, And if you haven't checked out Smarter Every Day, I highly recommend that as a YouTube channel that um, gives you a lot of really great insight into all things science, um, especially if you're a NASA nerd because he has a lot of content around that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't I don't hate the podcast. I, I love it. I, I will be listening to more of it. And of course, you know, I, I sure echo the the sentiment that uh, Smart Every Day is definitely a great channel to watch. Um, I just I just got to I just remembered something. So anybody who's in, you know, the kind of the tech world of YouTube will probably know who Linus Tech Tips is, uh, Linus Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And he had come down to help Destin build a server uh, for his editing rig or whatever. And Dustin's like, well, hey, let's go to the Apollo Museum. Yes. And, so, and he takes Linus there and, uh, you know, and he actually meets with a NASA engineer who worked on the Apollo, like the computers, because, you know, Linus is like super smart when it comes to computers. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, here, let's go talk about the guy who helped develop the computers used on the Saturn V rocket. And it was just, Destin was like so excited to share this information with Linus, which, you know, Linus was obviously interested in it, but, you know, he wasn't like as exuberant about it as, you know, (laughs) Destin was. But, and so that kind of tells you from somebody like that, he is excited to get that information out to you. So that's why I think makes this podcast and of course his channel is so enjoyable. Yeah, and that actually is a really great episode of Smarter Every Day. I've seen that one, yeah. and, and it actually is really fascinating how how basic those computers were and how they went to the moon yeah. using those computers. I mean, I knew that conceptually, but to actually see the hardware they were working with is pretty fascinating. So Yeah, you can actually literally see the, the, the bits. Yeah, the actual <laughs> bits. <laughs> yeah, so uh, check it out. I, I, again, can't recommend it enough. And if you do check it out and you do like it, or if you have thoughts about it, 
let us know. Send us an email. Uh, we always welcome feedback. And if you have any episodes or, or, or any podcasts, I should say, that you would like us to review, send those in as well because uh, we've gotten a few suggestions and we'll definitely be adding those to upcoming episodes. Have thoughts you want to share? Send us an email at whyihateyourpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at whyihateyourpodcast.com. You can also find us at Hate Your Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Our intro, transition, and outro music is by Kevin McLeod and licensed under Creative Commons. Please see the show notes for details.